You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. We have a really good episode today, and it's about a product that I'm really not too familiar with. I actually have no little to no experience with crossbows. And today we're going to be talking with Todd Snader of Excalibur Crossbows. We're going to talk about why crossbows are, are gaining in popularity. We're going to be talking about Excalibur specific designs. We're going to be talking about why people are... Um, you know what people use crossbows we're going to talk about some of their new products uh, which is the uh, twin strike and it is a crossbow that holds two cocked bolts or two cocked arrows and has two triggers on it and um it it's a it's a very unique concept that's really outside of the box we talk about um the ethics behind that we talk about uh you know is a crossbow really archery and fall under the same category as compound you know we just kind of cover a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of topics really under the crossbow category and uh it's very interesting to me personally because i don't know anything about crossbows so that's why i had an expert come on today and uh you know that's the conversation today so hopefully you guys enjoy this uh, i know a lot of the conversation that uh that we talk about on the hunting gear podcast is is bow driven or, or compound vertical bow driven uh, so it's nice to get outside of the box and have a conversation on, a, on a, a different product line. So that's what we talk about today. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, though, we got to do a quick uh, shout out to our partners at The Average Conservationist. Now, The Average Conservationist has a podcast uh, kind of in sync with 2% for Conservation here on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network, but they also have a full lineup of apparel right so go go over to the average conservationist.com check out their hats their hoodies their uh, t-shirts they have some really cool logos they have uh, really badass hats man i think it's one of my favorite hats that i've been wearing is the the rectangle patch the average conservationist all black with yellow uh, i don't even know the name of it it's a yellow uh stitching in it it's really cool uh, huge fan of that and uh, let's see here. If you guys want to save 10% on your purchase at the Average Conservationist, enter the discount code N 
FC10 for 10% off. And, and that website again is theaverageconservationist.com. And the cool thing about all of the money that these guys make right off the top, 10% of all of their earnings goes directly to a conservation effort. In the past, they've donated to organizations like uh, the National Deer Association and, uh, you know, others. So uh, just know that they uh, just know that they do that and that they, uh, you know, uh, they're giving back. It's a company that's giving back, and that's kind of important to me when uh, picking a partner because they think that conservation is as important as the product itself. So, theaverageconservationist.com. All right, enough talking. Let's get into today's crossbow episode with Todd Snader. All right, once again, on the phone with me today, Mr. Todd Snader. Todd, how we doing, man? I am doing great, Dan. How about yourself? Can't complain. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. I've never wanted a spring more than this spring to to come because I uh, it's been so cold in Iowa, so much snow. And yesterday it was 40 degrees outside, and I was uh, trying to chip off ice and all this slush off my driveway in just a t-shirt. So I was pretty fired up. <laughs> Yeah, we're seeing big swings across the country. I mean, look what Dallas is going. Through. I know, right? <laughs> it's Dallas, Texas. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I got a couple buddies down there, and of course, you know the the whole all the powers out down there, uh, and they're pretty. You know, they're pretty fired up. Uh, you know, people are fired up all over the country. You know, especially when you get snow. I I used to live in Alabama, and I had snow. And when I say snow, I mean a trace of snow and thirty. 33 degree temperatures for two days and they shut down what felt like the entire state like people didn't that's, go to work it was crazy that's us out here as well i know uh i'm in the portland or in the eugene oregon office here too but north of us in portland they had snow enough to shut them down power down for a week straight and that's crazy for us out here right so you guys typically don't get snow out west we don't. We don't. We're in the, kind of in the valley between the the Rockies and the coastals here. Gotcha. And uh, pr- protects us a little bit in the valley. Um, we if we do get it, it's an inch and it shuts things down. They don't salt. They don't do anything here. And pretty much, if they need to put a plow on, it takes them two days to install a plow on a truck. <laughs> uh, so it it'll shut them down for a while. But uh, yeah. So that. But they did get a pretty good hammering up in uh, the Portland area, though. Like with you know a foot which is a hammering for us out here. Yeah. So it shut things down. I gotcha. Well, we got a really interesting conversation coming our way today because we're going to be talking about the brand Excalibur crossbows and some of the conversations that kind of revolve around crossbows, good, bad, positive, negative. Uh, we're going to talk about the brand, the products, the materials, all that kind of stuff. And uh, kind of... Um, dive deep into this crossbow world and i'm gonna i'm just gonna straight up admit my experience with a crossbow is barely there i mean i have i'll just say i have little to no experience shooting a crossbow i've only done it a couple times and it was like man i want to say five to ten years ago so it's uh my knowledge base there is almost non-existent but that's why you're here right there you go so uh i think I want to start off before we get into uh, you know the products per se. I want to talk about why do you feel personally that the crossbow market is seeing a big uptick in 
uh, sales and people are, you know, leaning towards crossbows other, you know, aside from uh, compounds. Sure. And I think a lot of it is when you start seeing the rifle industry, um, rifle hunters, rifle shooters want to be able to get into archery. And, and this is where you, sometimes you get a little contention in the archery industry as well, or the users, but you know, you want to get rifle users want to get into the archery side, but don't necessarily, they want to be able to get out in the field a little quicker, be able to hunt and have fun with a crossbow and, and, and experience archery, but don't want to be able, don't want to have to spend a couple years to become super, super fit, proficient or a year to be prof, uh, proficient with a, a vertical bow. Cause it, you know, we're, we're vertical bow hunters as well. And you know, it, it takes to, to make an ethical shot. You do, you want to have a lot of practice behind you have a lot of confidence in your shot placement. You know, not to say you wouldn't with Excalibur, you know, with any crossbow out there, but it's, it's much similar to, to shooting a rifle. They are able to go out uh, sight their crossbow and become proficient with it much quicker to make an ethical shot and go out there and enjoy archery, have the ability to extend their season. You know, most rifle out here in Oregon, you know, we don't, unfortunately, we don't have the ability to shoot crossbows out here, but most states do now. And it extends that season where a rifle hunter wants to be able to get out a little earlier in the season or go a little later in season after, same thing in Ohio with the shotgun season, it has the limited uh, shotgun season to be able to go hunt now where they can go a little earlier in archery and go a little later in archery as well with a crossbow and and be able to take an ethical shot right yeah it makes a lot of sense success uh, especially when we're talking about uh like getting someone we, we have these talks all the time in, in the hunting mm-hmm. community about getting new people into mm-hmm. the That's sport it. right or maybe someone who went away and now that we're trying to bring them back and you know, as much as I am that guy who, and this is going to sound bad, but if my buddy picked up a crossbow, I'd make fun of him, right? Yeah. Just, just to, just to rib him a little bit. But yeah, if yeah. my neighbor across the street wanted to learn about hunting, uh, I might put a crossbow in his hand. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, it shuts the learning curve way down mm-hmm. uh, as you far know, as weapons it, are concerned. And it, and it brings a whole new aspect to, to hunting as well, because obviously the a crossbow is similar to a vertical bow. Your your effective range is a little closer. Now, granted, you know, crossbow does give you a little bit, a little more of ability of an effective range, but you know, it, it's much less than a rifle. So you're able to get up close and a little more up close and personal with the animals, just like you know, a vertical bow hunter. You can. Um, you know, you're not shooting an animal, and I'm not taking away from from rifle hunting at all because I I love shooting my rifles as well and my muzzle loaders. But you know, you're shooting hundred yards plus rifle generally. Obviously, some shorter shots prevent themselves, but with crossbows, you know, generally you're shooting fifty yards and in, and so you get that little more of that uh, up close and personal experience. And I think that's much. I think that's what rifle hunters and new entrants are starting to see. That's that's pretty thrilling to be able to get something that close right under your tree stand. If you're a tree stand hunter, if you're a turkey hunter, you get those close shots uh, right outside your blind. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about a, a little bit about Excalibur now. I mean, these guys have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1983. It's uh, one of the longest standing crossbow countries uh, companies out there. Uh, started by Bill and and Kath Trowbridge, who were they were passionate um, crossbow hunters in, in in their own right, and they wanted to to really start a company. Uh, it's similar to just like what we talked about to to be able to enjoy the sport 
make quality equipment that they can depend on, super durable. And that's why you still see to this day, we, we feature the, the recurve style limb. That way you're not worrying about things going wrong in the field and shutting you down and, and needing to go get your crossbow fixed. They wanted to, they wanted to create a crossbow that kept field, kept hunters in the field longer, kept archers in the field longer. They could depend on, um, you could run it through the muck and the mud and, 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 and drop it from a stand and it's going to hold up. And it's the service. It's the personal experience why they started the, the, the Excalibur line. It's a, it's awesome to have two, two, uh, two people like that, that were that vested in, in, in creating that experience. You know, they, they, they got out of the business a couple of years back and transitioned to a couple, you know, come or keep employers or employees, but they're still very part of this company. Anytime we create a product, they come in, they test it because we still want to, we, we want to maintain that, that personalized experience with, with consumers to be able to enjoy the sport and not, uh, not go out and, and create something that they feel that uh, we shouldn't, shouldn't promote. That's why what's great about Bill and Kath. I mean, they come to the ATA show with us. They're, um, they're well known in the, in the industry just because of their, their consumer personalized uh, touch they have. Gotcha. So when it comes to uh, a crossbow, mm-hmm. right. And you just see like, whenever I walk around the ATA show or I'm in a bow shop, I mean, they, they literally come in all shapes and sizes. And I would say that the difference between crossbows um, is more noticeable than let's just say a compound bow where the only real thing that sticks out may be axle to axle length. Right. Right. And and maybe riser design, but you can look at, you can look at all the bows on the market and you can say, man, that's a bow. That's a compound bow. But you can look at, uh, you can look at some of these crossbows that are on the market and they're just like, some of them look out of this world, right? They look like rocket launchers or, you know, like video game weapons or, or something like that. And, uh, um, I just was curious when it comes to designing and having, um, putting a a crossbow together, is it more complex designing a crossbow, uh, from not only an engineering uh, standpoint, but like a functionality standpoint, is it, is it more difficult or easier than a crossbow? Or excuse me, you know, than a it, compound. I, th- I think you hit it on the head, saying a little more complex. I, I think you know you have your engineers that are, you know, it's uh, th- they would say it's a little easier too. But the big thing for them is is incorporating features that consumers want. Crossbow industry is very very speed driven. Um, you but you'll see a, a new entry level that that's not necessarily concerned with speed, but they want the ability to have a you know an easy to use crossbow, something that doesn't have a high draw weight to draw back. But when when you you mentioned complex, and I think that's the the best word to define it because there's much there's many more components that go into a crossbow, many many components in the trigger housing, but you want to make it to the point where it's not so complex that it's difficult to to maintain you may have you know multiple multiple parts in in a trigger assembly that could go bad and it's about safety you want this the safest product out there uh this the the ease of of use but it's got to be got to be safe you'll you'll see that in in trigger assemblies across the, the it's really you know not just our brand it's it's uh crossbow brands out there you you look at it, it greater greater steps in in safety from from finger guards to um 
to uh, cease fires, which is is our technology to make sure you can't fire a crossbow um, without an arrow installed. And you'll see that across the the board with with uh, um, other brands out there. And it also goes to the ability to have ease of use, like cocking a crossbow with integrated uh, cocking devices. So there's there's a lot of complexity to crossbows versus vertical bows. Um, just because it's more rifle-like, because there's many more moving components in in, in various various assemblies in a crossbow. Right. What kind of materials are used to to build a crossbow? And we 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 focus on just the the premium premium uh, materials. Aluminum um, is the biggest thing because it's one of the most rigid, one of the most durable materials out there but also keeps everything lightweight. But you also have hardened trigger components um, just for that that increased durability. Um, the great thing, and then across the board with crossbows generally, it's it's typical, the same thing with, with vertical bows. When you look at limb systems, they're usually a, a glass-based, carbon-based uh, limb. So it's always the most premium materials, and you really look at price point too, and that's where it really starts to separate themselves. So on your higher price point type crossbows, you're going to have that those more premium materials um, because th- those type of crossbow hunters want the most advanced crossbows out there. They're they're your avid crossbow hunters day in and day out that they focus on crossbows. Where you have more of your entry level and they still incorporate a lot of those premium materials, but they may go to something like a synthetic rail or a synthetic a uh, little different type of stock. Um, to help reduce the cost for that entry level because they may only be a crossbow hunter that goes out for a week or two weeks at a time and they don't pick up their crossbow again the rest of the year. So, but And they don't want to sink you know, $800, 900 $1,000 plus in a crossbow. They just want something that they can grab, do a couple weeks of, of hunting with in between those rifle seasons and be able to move on. So there's a lot of price points, a lot of materials in there. And even in the synthetic series on the on the lower end price point crossbows, there's a lot of engineering behind those as well to make sure they're super durable. There, there's accuracy built in where you're not getting flex because as you know, aluminum is, is much more rigid. There's a lot less flex than a synthetic type rail, but they're specifically engineered in, in the strategic uh, structuring um, cutouts to help reduce the flex at all price points on those crossbows. Okay. So when it comes to, um, you know, firing a projectile downrange, like an arrow, basically, well, crossbows have bolts, bows have arrows, similar, you know, similar in design in some way, shape, or form. When it comes to that, how, how similar are crossbows and compound bows? Um, pretty similar, obviously, with, with arrows, they're pretty much the same. But with crossbows, you're not limited to determining spines. You know, with, with vertical bows, you're much, you, it's much more critical to have a properly spined arrow to get proper tuning. Obviously, you know, I shouldn't say obviously, but as, as archers that are, that are well attuned to tuning their own bows, you get weaker spines. They're maybe a little less forgiving um, where you get over to a stiffer spine. A um, little more forgiving on the tunability, but you start getting an increased weight. Crossbows are a little different there when you start looking at uh, spines. You won't see them generally rated at spines, but more of length and weight because you're not getting due due to the um, due to the the overall length of them being so so much shorter. Um, that flex is, is less prominent in a in a crossbow arrow. Now that being said. 
you still want to look at straightness really affects uh, crossbow arrows slash bolts. It's kind of a contention there too. You mentioned bolts, but I hear across the board, I've always called them bolts for years and then I get corrected. Oh no, no, they're, they're arrows as well. But that's one of those debated things, but right. bolts, crossbow bolts slash arrows straightness really plays a, a part in those as well, because you can see some variances uh, shot to shot uh, on a 003 versus an 001 arrow slash crossbow bolt as well. So, you know, you know, if, if you want to maximize accuracy out of any crossbow out there, you always want to start looking, going the direction of 001. That's going to really drastically decrease your group size. And that's at multiple distances where you may not be concerned at 20 yards, but if you're sighting in and taking those shots 20 yards and beyond, you might see your groups open up a little bit with a 003 or greater where you get down to a 002 or even a 001. Those group sizes are going to reduce. So you have that, you know, much more confidence in your shot placement as well. So a lot of similarity there in the spine or in the, in the straightness of the spine comes into a little less of a play in a crossbow. Gotcha. So I want to talk about, there's a lot of power mm-hmm. in a crossbow mm-hmm. uh, behind the bolt, right? How has over the past five years, 10 years, or, you know, ever since crossbows really became a hunting utensil, um, how how has safety been implemented into these things to keep them from being idiot proof? Yeah, and and that's a good question. And, and a lot of it is anything you put in the path of the string. It, it, to your point, there's a lot more energy behind that arrow because of the speed it generates, and also the thickness of strings and cables. Um, strings predominantly on ours because we're we're a recurve style design. But any type of crossbow out there, there is a lot of of danger. I mean, that's the business end, just like the business end of a rifle, that string moving forward and that power stroke is to your point where it generates that power. Now past, I should say back in the day, there, there was a greater opportunity to get your fingers in the way. And I mean, years, years ago, that has been one of the biggest strides that crossbows across the industry have taken upon themselves to do is incorporate foolproof methods and features to keep your fingers out of the way. You'll see all crossbows out there have some type of wing is the best way to put it incorporated into the stock where you cannot get your fingers. I mean, no matter how, how you hold that stock or how you palm that front forearm on the stock, you can't get your fingers in the way. Um, to the point where you almost have to intentionally put your fingers in there in an unconventional manner to hold a crossbow that nobody would ever do to become to, to injure yourself. And that's all the way back to the to the uh, the the trigger housing itself. You just can't get your fingers in there. But it also comes to to cocking the crossbow. Years ago you had to use your hands to cock the crossbow, any crossbow out there, which that inherently can be a little more dangerous too because of that power. It can slip out of your hands. So you see additional cocking devices out there, whether it be a rope-style cocking device with hooks, where you can hook those on, run that over the back of the stock, and cock that back with two T-handles, or or add-on or integrated cocking systems to where you just hook your hooks on there, you cock that back, you unhook it, and take your, you know, if it's a separate cocking device, you take it off, or if you're internal, it's incorporated there. So that adds to the second level, but most of it is just making sure you don't get any appendages in that 
front end or in that in that uh, string path. And another one that a lot of people don't consider are the lengths of the arrow. So um, crossbow listeners out there know you that has all crossbows out there pretty much have a foot stirrup. So you put the stirrup on the ground, you put your foot in it, and then it helps stabilize it when you draw back. Now, there's been cases in the years past that people trying to let down a crossbow have forgot to remove an arrow if they're too short. So you can kind of picture what's going to happen next. You stick your foot in the stirrup, crossbow arrow slash bolts too short, you let it down, then the rest is history with your foot. So there's that's why there's very, very specific arrows that can be used in crossbows, Spe- specific lengths to the point where if you put your if you forget to unload your arrow and you kick your foot into that stirrup, it's going to kick the arrow out, and then you're safe at that point. Um, so there's several different levels of safety there across the crossbows, and you see that improving every year. And um, all crossbows out there have done a great job to increase that safety. And I, I'm going to give kudos to every every manufacturer. You know that that's the big the biggest thing in our industry is we want to make sure people are safe out there. Yeah. So when it comes to using a crossbow, are there any type of age restrictions or does Excalibur or the crossbow industry say, if you're going to be this age, you should probably uh, have an adult or, um, I don't know, size or anything like that? Well, you know, that's the great thing about crossbows and another great benefit because you can get youth, youth that, that want to get into archery style hunting a little sooner. Now, as with everything, when you get to that age, it's it's parental supervision. You know, you always see, uh, you know, we promote, you know, if you're in the blind, you know, tree stand, absolutely. But most of the time you see, you know, younger youth. And I've seen, you know, young as, as six, seven, eight shooting a crossbow because, it again, it doesn't require the extra practice, but it gets them into the field. I shouldn't say the extra practice, but the extra time they need to devote to a vertical bow to become proficient. Um, to where they can get in the field, use a crossbow, experience the thrill of the hunt um, like we do. Um, and, and, you know, it still takes a certain level of practice, but it's much, easy, much easier for them to use. And it's kind of, I call it, a, it, it's a gateway uh, experience in, in this industry. They get to love the, the, the thrill of the hunt. Then they start branching over into vertical bows more. They become a rifle hunter, a muzzle loader hunter as they get into that age where they can really start um, using those weapons proficiently. But as with anything, again, you know, I even, you know, to this day, teenage, um, I, I always go out hunting with my sons. I mean, they're, they're older now. So I you know, and I've, and I've mentored them over the years where I can, uh, I, I, and I, I know they're going to be, be responsible, but even through their, their younger teenage years, you know, I was always with them. You know, I always want to make sure that they're as safe as possible. And we recommend that across the board. Yeah. All right. So, I want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the products that you guys have mm-hmm. on the market right now, and let's talk entry level right now. Sure. Let's let's talk about young child, new hunter type uh, of product. Is is there a crossbow that you guys offer that you would re- re- recommend for that uh, category? Absolutely, we have a great one called the GRZ two. So it's a lower style poundage crossbow. It's a little more compact. And it was specifically designed for it's it would be called actually called the Matrix GRZ2, but it's it's designed for more of the entry level crossbow hunter that doesn't want to sink a ton of money. And it's about a $550, $549 crossbow. But it's 
got a lot of speed. It's 305 feet per second. It's uh, the cocking effort is quite a bit less than some of the high-end bows, the, the crossbows that are making 350, 360 feet per second. But it's overall lighter weight. So you're looking at right at the, about that five-pound mark. Um, again, 100-pound cocking effort. But as I mentioned, it, it incorporates those methods to make it much easier. So it's got a rope cocking aid. Also, there's a lot of aftermarket. We make a specific uh, uh, cranking aid. So it incorporates a crank where there's hardly any effort there as well. Um, but that's the biggest thing. It's a little more compact, a little easier for, for a youth hunter to use being that uh, you know, the, at a five-pound crossbow. You know, it's not super, super wide. It's not super, super long. It's easier for them to, to maneuver. Okay. That's a great one. And we also go up into the Mag 340, which is a little little more advanced, but it's still a little more compact like that. It has the now you start getting to the more premium materials, the aluminum riser um, components like that as they wanna as they wanna upgrade going forward. Gotcha. And this the the Matrix uh, GRZ two and the other one that mm-hmm. you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously they're not the the cream of the crop as far as what you're offering, but mm-hmm. it it's going to kill a deer all the same, right? Absolutely. I mean, at 305 feet per second with a, with a 350 grain bolt and you add a hundred grain tip or even up to 125, 150 broadhead on that, that's a lot of energy down range. You can think of it uh, like a vertical bow shooting 300 plus feet per second with you know, appropriately weighted or 400 grain arrows. That's a lot of energy down range. So for a youth, to be able to shoot a vertical bow with that much energy to be to be that much more ethical it's difficult but now with a crossbow you can put a lot of energy down range to make those much more ethical shots right and when it comes to these are are they easier to use in any respect or are they pretty much the same as all the products that you offer well you know what Across the board with with Excalibur, we we focus. It's one of our biggest things is to focus on simplicity to use. But just because of the the size itself, it makes it much more easier to use. Just because it's a little more maneuverable, a little more a uh, little little more lightweight. But the the internal components are designed very very similar to our high end crossbows as well. The materials we use on those internal components, so you do have that reliability, ease of use there as well. And the ability to let it down, and that would be more of an adult thing, but if you don't need to shoot it in the field, you have the ability to let it down and not shoot an arrow at the end of the day. So we do incorporate a lot of those features, the ease of use that come from our high-end crossbows into that GRZ as well. Gotcha. All right, now let's say someone has, you know, they're they're growing out of this entry-level uh, one, and they want to take a next step up, but they're mm-hmm. still kind of budget-conscious, and mm-hmm. they, they can't spend you know, they can't spend the, the big money on, on the, the flagship product. What's the next step up for them? Yeah, that, that mag 340 is the way to go. We actually introduced that one last year. Um, and that's when you start getting into a little more speed. That's a 340 feet per second bow. And you start getting more of those premium materials in there. The alum, the aluminum, uh, mainframe and rail. Um, so it's a little more rigid, uh, uh, a little more rigid in the in the overall frame, so you might see a little greater accuracy in there. But the big thing is you start hopping up performance, greater downrange accuracy, get a little more premium accessories in it with with uh, scopes that are illuminated, um, a little better quivers, things like that. That could be a little more advanced. And and that crossbow itself, you know, you're still at that 750 price point, but now you're 340 feet per second bow, a lot more range, and you can start extending your 
your game. You see a lot of crossbow hunters that may be elk hunters in states that allow that. So now you have that greater energy downrange to even step up the game you're going out and hunt. Okay. So what is an effective range on a crossbow? And I know that a lot of that matters on, depends on the crossbow, but you, you talk to certain communities in the mm-hmm. compound or the, the quote unquote archery industry and people there's, there's groups of people that think, you know, anything outside of 40 is too far. Right. Or, you know, it's like people taking hundred yard shots. You know, there's a lot of people that are against that or, you know, have an issue with that. I mm-hmm. should say mm-hmm. what, what, technically is an accurate range for a crossbow you know the the a crossbow is as accurate as the person behind the trigger per is the best way i put it but as a as a sportsman in the sport you know obviously i don't want to promote something that that an archer isn't and I'm, i'm i'm putting crossbow hunters into the archery category because we're all archers but you got to be proficient you got to be confident you've got to practice you know, 40, 50, you know, I would not personally, I would not be afraid to take a 60 yard shot, even maybe a 70 yard shot, but I am not promoting that by any means. I think it's one of the, it's one of those things where it's the person behind the crossbow, um, what you're, what you're confident in the shot. And it's just not, maybe I'm confident in the shot. It's what you practice day in, day out. And you know, you can hit that spot. Now, when you're in a tree stance, you're in awkward positions, and that's why you have to practice that type of scenario and everything you do, turning, twisting, up, down. Um, so th- that's kind of it, that's that's a broad answer, um, I, I would say, but it's it's the person by it's the same thing with rifle. Um, some say you know 300 yards, 400 yards, maybe too far, but if somebody's got the right weapon, that they're confident in the shot, they're practicing that shot then they can be proficient at that. And I know there's there's contention there, and that's where a lot of vertical bow hunters say, well, a crossbow forces the, the archer to take a shot that they're not comfortable um, with. I'm a vertical bow archer, and I've seen the exact same thing on the vertical bow side where somebody, an archer, and I'm not, I don't want to say everybody, but there's archers out there that may not be proficient at 40 yards. I've seen archers that are not, but they're going to try to push it to 50 to 60 because that yeah. buck of a lifetime comes in. You don't want to do that. It's what you're comfortable and proficient at. It's the same thing with vertical bows. It's as accurate as the person behind. That's the, all the weapons weapon. really. When you think yep. about it, right? It I is. Mean, yeah. Yep. So, um, okay. Well, we got to get into this twin strike now because uh, unless there is another crossbow that you want to talk about before we get into the, t- no, twin I'd strike. love to talk twin strike. Okay. I, this thing is ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, and when I first, like, typically I can form an opinion on something mm-hmm. just by looking at it, really. And as far as hunting gear and equipment are concerned, within a short period of time, this one, I don't even know because it's so outside of the box, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And because what I, what I've, what I'm doing is I'm trying to imagine somehow the same technology in a compound bow, a vertical bow. And if, if someone ever comes out with that, I don't know what my mind would just explode. I'd probably just go, you know, I'd probably go to recurve, but, but, um, what was the thought process behind having two, essentially two shots in one crossbow? Well, you know, you think about it as, you know, anything out there you wish stuff happens. Um, we don't create anything, and even our engineers, and it, we don't create something that's just a gimmick. It's it's got to be a, have a direct benefit, you know. Yeah, the the two shot arrows, 
you know, really, really cool. You know, it, it's next generation. Nobody's ever done it before. But when you we look at it from a, a practical standpoint, because there are times that things happen. I've it's happened to me. I've made a I've made a bad shot. I've miscalculated yardage. I've hit a branch and glanced off and it's just the shot I can't with a crossbow and even a vertical bow with it, but focusing on crossbow, you, you can't quietly and, and quickly enough reload to be able to take that shot. So that's why we wanted to create something with, with a, this, the quick secondary follow-up shot, uh, you know, and really it came about with people sitting around at, at hunting camp, our, 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 all of our executives, our leadership team, our our R and D guys, we're all uh, hunters, and it's one of those situations where it comes back and somebody says, "Man, I just absolutely blew a shot. I saw this deer. I ha- thought I had the window, and I hit a stinking branch, and it just I couldn't get loaded fast enough, and, and it, he saw me." So, and it's one of those moments where somebody said, "Wouldn't it be cool to have a crossbow that you could fire a second shot right away?" So. Our, uh, I use the term, we use it a lot here. When that statement is made, our engineers are like a dog with a sock at that point. They are not going to let it go until they, they have, have their way with it. And that's where the, why we produce the twin strikes. So you think of opportunities. Now, obviously, you want to make sure you're very, very in tune with your local regulations. But right now, there's uh, other than draw weight limitations, there's no state out there that prohibits something like uh, the the ability to fire a second shot so look at it from a turkey standpoint i know canada there's some some places where you you have to tag and there's some other states you do have to tag your first animal um, but there's pre- turkey hunters you can think about it from this standpoint i had this happen on a vertical bow hunt i was in oklahoma and i had one bird come in and i shot that bird i saw it go down and I sat there because I had another tag, and there was always a second opportunity. A second bird came in and presented itself. And there's sometimes where they're both in. Those came in within 10 minutes, but there's opportunities when you have two birds at full strut, and you're able to make both shots. And you and those of you that are, are turkey hunters that are listening, you know a lot of times you shoot that first bird. That second bird is going to jump on it and absolutely pounce and just obliterate it. Now you've got the shot to fill both your tags. You have two tags in your pocket. And the regulation allows the ability to take two birds at once and tag them like it happened to me in Oklahoma. You have that ability. Now, normally with a with a single shot crossbow, you would have to sit there, try to reload as quickly as possible and hope that bird, turkey hunters, you know, it's they're smart birds. They see very well. You move, you're done. So now you have the ability to take that shot. Right. Hog hunters, talk about hog hunting. I mean, that's that's the the best time you can have almost there and you get multiple shots at that point a uh, quick follow-up shot yeah and you you know in the industry right now we hear people out of the gate originally said well you don't need a second shot then i i asked them well then why do you take a quiver of arrows with you hmm. why well, if, if you don't need a second shot why do you need a quiver of arrows you have one ready to go now you have one of those arrows from your quiver ready to go to take that second shot if it does happen you may not need that second shot but now, if something goes sideways, you have the ability to make that follow-up shot. Yeah. There's there's part of me, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to say I'm some kind of purist, mm-hmm. but because I I really am not because I you know I use cell cams, right? So I, if if I said if I said, well, that's ridiculous. Uh, I I'm a hypocrite at that point. Mm-hmm. So what what I want to know is what makes a rifle a rifle and a bow a bow. 
right? And, and a crossbow, especially with two rounds in it, in my opinion, it starts to blur these these traditional, and I'll, I'll throw the, even the word traditional, lines between mm-hmm. archery and firearms. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think really traditionally crossbows has, has done that anyhow. And then you right. start seeing other features in crossbows as well as higher speeds, 500 feet per second, reverse engineered limbs where they're super, super narrow. Um, and that's why I kind of just go back, you know, uh, yeah, you know, an archery, it's a, it's a, an arrow and a string. And that's what it's always been, you know, for years is an arrow and a string. But then you see the ability to make it, make it more successful for, for a, a hunter. And, you know, yeah, narrow and fast is cool. But you look at it to be more successful, and in the end, that's what we want to do. And and that's you know, there's no hunter out there. And I, you know, I go back to the the ability to have your, even a vertical bow. You take a quiver full of arrows with you. You know, you have a follow up shot. You just don't have it loaded, ready to go. Um, so that's why we just wanted to make sure that you have the the ability to to be successful. That's what we're all about. Yeah. I mean, as hunters, I'm not even saying as a company, yeah. we want to be successful. Be and, you know, we're not making – we don't want to seem even seem like, you know, hey, you make a bad shot and then you're going to take another marginal shot. No, it's the, you know, the ability to just have that follow-up shot if if an arrow goes sideways or you just – it's like a swing and a miss at, at baseball. You wish you had that one more or one more swing or golf, you know. Hey, it's yeah. you get a mulligan um, to be successful. Right. Do you feel that this takes away the – I don't even want to say take away. I'm having a hard time trying to play ad- devil's advocate with mm. the right line of questioning here. But, no, but you know, does this take away from a hunter having to be proficient with his weapon to be successful? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it, you still want to be proficient with that second shot. Um, you know, it, it still takes practice. That The accuracy of that second arrow is right there with the first arrow. And that's why I kind of mentioned, you know, it's not, it's not about – firing your first arrow and taking a taking a, a marginal second shot it's still a confidence in your in your your lethal range your your uh what you're what you're comfortable to shoot out there too so um you know it's just i i you know as a hunter you know i've always shot crossbows and i shouldn't say i always shot crossbows out you know i'm a, a more of a vertical bow hunter too but shooting crossbows is one of those ones where a vertical bow you can probably load a little bit quicker and take that shot but still, you know, a vertical bow hunter is going to potentially take another marginal shot just because they have the ability to to reload quicker than you can in a crossbow. With the with this ability, you're less likely to take a marginal shot because you have that second shot in milliseconds where you don't have to reload, wait for an animal to go to a longer distance and potentially take that marginal shot on your second shot. Okay. Where does this, this stop? I mean next year are we going to see the triple strike are we going to see the quadruple strike you know what i mean like where where does it where does it stop being you know a one shot one kill type of deal and now we start moving up into clips full of arrows if that makes sense no i I mean you're going to see even from us i mean obviously the the twin strike is awesome you know then you know you get to that point you know where you get too much but now it's making adding additional features like the ability to have the internal cranking system or something that's a little faster that produces a little more downrange. But, you know, it, then you start branching into, you know, you get a third shot. Then you start talking about, you know, if they're, you make that quick second shot and they're, they're probably gone. 
at that point. So, you know, you do get to the point and then you just get to a crossbow that's, you know, even unusable because just the size of a crossbow, you have the, the, you know, a triple stack rail system. So it's much, much higher at that point. So you get to a point where just something isn't practical to use. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, this, this new twin strike, what kind of feedback did you get from your customers? Uh, once, once you really, I guess not even customers from the, the, the hunting community, was it all positive? Was it all, like some negative? What, what was that feedback like? Oh, you know, if I'd say what, if, if I would tell you there's no negative, I'd be lying to you. And I think with every product out there, there's oh, always yeah. somebody that has a little negative out there. And I think you get a certain, you know, and it was across the board, you know, I would say it's probably 50, 50 positive, negative. Um, and then you, ha- the more than negative was, the old school crossbow hunters that are, are kind of set in their ways that didn't really consider the the direct benefit of that. They're like, oh, it's just another gimmick to where there was, you know, there were some that are open minded like, oh, man, I wish I I wish I would have had that second. And you see a lot of more of the. I'm in my mid forties and you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm that uh, the upper range of that older or older group, but I kind of look for the, the cooler techier things to make myself give, give me a little more of an advantage to be successful. Like I was talking a little earlier. So yeah. I think that's where a lot of the positive came from is, is people started seeing that and the avid hunters that can relate to the stories that you and I tell, I, I just absolutely blew a shot. They said, Oh man, that's, I could have taken that animal at, that's if I had that second shot, they, they took off on me or I didn't have time to reload even my vertical bow. So it was really 50, 50. And I see a lot now too, that we have a lot of advocates out there that of those people that were very, very positive that are starting to, to share that, you know, with, with people that were originally negative saying, Oh, you know, what's the point of this? And they're saying, just like I said, that's why I kind of stole that additional quiver out there because there were several customers that mentioned that out there it's like hey you know we all take extra errors into the field i mean there's nobody that takes extra and then a lot of the the negative comments were really started to turn positive people like okay i get it i get where you're coming from now we're seeing that in people going into the shops and ordering the crossbow and wanting to get the crossbow in their hands and just the positivity out there which is great i know we had a great customer base that really stepped up and and saw the positivity in that yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, there's, there's these debates, right? I mean, there's certain States that, uh, you can use crossbows and mm-hmm. anytime, like anybody can use a crossbow during the archery seasons, um, or the gun seasons or, you know, whenever it, it's a legal weapon, right. Um, in Iowa, uh, for say, you can't use a crossbow, uh, unless you're, uh, in the youth season, you're, you're mm-hmm. a child or you have a disability, a doctor's mm-hmm. note, you know, I got a bad shoulder. I can't draw a bow back or you're over a certain age, like considered a senior citizen or something like that. Do you feel that, um, crossbows should be like a legal weapon in every state during the archery season? I do. I mean, I really do because it, it gets more people into our sport. I mean, that's what, you know, you, you hear it, you know, I hear it. I hear the purists say, you know, that it crossbows are like cheating. You know, I, I hear the same thing. I don't agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's a personal, personal choice. That's the weapon they enjoy. They're proficient with it. 
You know, honestly, I, I do think, I mean, uh, here in Oregon, we, we aren't able to shoot a crossbow or, I mean, I should back up. We are able to shoot a crossbow. We're just not able to hunt anything with it. Right. I think it really limits the people that are able to get out in the field. Um, our season's open early, right at the end of August. Um, but you can only vertical bow hunt until the rifle season, which comes in about a month later, then archery comes in back again. So those, those rifle hunters have to basically have to wait. They don't get to get out a little bit sooner, partake in, in maybe the Eastern hunts out on the Eastern side of the state. We have enough going on in this industry to combating people, the negativity outside of this industry, outside of the hunting industry in general. I think vertical bow hunters they have a problem with crossbow hunters and i don't think i I i've not seen crossbow hunters that necessarily have problems with vertical bow hunters but i think on and i and i could be wrong is this personal observation but i i think people just need to get over it because it's 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 another opportunity for us to all get out in the field be proficient in what we're doing we owe it to the animals we're hunting to be proficient in what we're doing um and it's just for us a way to come together. And I, that's why I think, you know, vertical bow hunters, if you have, I'm listening, if you have a problem with crossbow hunters, get over it. I'm gonna <laughs> um, and my email address is todd.standard.com. <laughs> uh, you know, I would, you know, and I debate that the whole time. I've never, I'm from Ohio myself. Um, the shop I worked for was actually an outlet store for one of our, pre, our competitors. And that's where I really got into, into crossbows because I would work with people on crossbows help them sight it in. I, I'm an avid vertical bow hunter. I was a target target archer as well. I just enjoyed getting people into the sport. And if it crossbow is going to do it, more power to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, like I wish I could voice a full opinion because I don't even know if I have a full opinion on this yet. And it's probably it's probably for the best because uh, that means that I, I don't care enough about it to argue or, or make a – make a decision on it so just use a crossbow if you want to use a crossbow i i I guess um but i don't know i i've uh maybe i'm maybe i'm just kind of a d-bag sometimes (laughs) (laughs) i'll 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 admit that i'll admit that so um well uh anything else okay let me ask you this when it comes to an excalibur crossbow who is who is your market who is your target market you know, with the range of of products now, it's really anybody. You know, yeah. we have the, you know, in in marketing, you always have your buyer per, buyer personas, and you know, you know that then how kind of the marketing side goes. But it's you look at right now, it's you know, it used to be your your purist. If I would say back in 1983, it was the purist, the upper age group um, crossbow hunter that wanted just something down and dirty. They liked the old recur- recurve style. But right now it's across the board. You mentioned youth and, you know, we have crossbows that have the ease of use. We have all the way up to the advance. If somebody wants just something super, super techie, but the durability in, in a simplistic recurve style style design with advanced advanced features, that's our customer. And, you know, I, I say everybody, you know, we have something for everybody at every price point, every type of every type of poundage we have people that use our crossbows for target archery so there's something for everybody in there yeah for sure um and just out of curiosity do you have any type of demographics uh to back up like who you're actually selling to i mean i and this is gonna sound like a 
a sexist statement and I, and I'm honestly not trying, you know, for it to be, but I see a lot more women using a crossbow than a, a compound bow. Are you, are you seeing these things? Um, I mean, you do see that. I mean, I, from my point of view, I see a lot what's going on, you know, as yeah. well, I know you do as well on the vertical bow, bow side too, but I do see that just because a lot, you know, and I'm going to have women flog me, but they're probably may agree. You know, a lot of times you see it's the industry starts to become a little more male dominant, dominant oh, yeah. industry. And I think that's kind of what you're saying there, but crossbows give ladies and females, little, you know, younger youth as well, the ability to get out in the field yeah. and get a taste of it first. Then it, it, that's why I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's kind of that gateway archery experience. And they maybe see their husband that's a vertical bow archer. I'm like, man, this is really, really cool. I might want to try out a vertical bow as well. Or they might just stick to the crossbow side yeah. because they really like having that um, that experience with it with a crossbow. Still get to the pure, purity of archery, but not have to go to a vertical bow. Right. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I feel, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my experience here. I'm getting ready to, uh, this, this fall, uh, potentially take my daughter along with me. Mm -hmm. And I thought about, she's eight now. I thought about getting her a bow and I don't think she's strong enough right now Mm -hmm. to, um, get the poundage necessary to actually kill, kill one with a bow, which Mm -hmm. leads me to why I'm interested in purchasing, you know, getting a crossbow for her because I feel like introducing someone to archery and hunting at the same time might be a little bit of an overload for them uh, throughout, throughout a given year when, you know, dad can sight in the crossbow and, Mm -hmm. you know, he can take her out and and there's not as much practice necessary with that than, you know, a cross, there's just way more stability with a crossbow uh, than uh, a vertical bow. So hit the nail on the head there, Yeah, Uh, you know, sorry to cut you off there, but you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I have seen so many youth and I'm going to say even ladies that get turned off. We all know what buck fever is. Hunters yep. that are listening, you know what buck fever is. And it, it it's hard for us to draw a bow. If something we pull back every day and day at day in and day out that we're it's easy for us. Buck fever makes it difficult. But get in a kid's mind right now and they experience buck fever. It's that's tough, near impossible for a vertical bow at that point. Now they have the ability to be successful and not not be discouraged. You know, with with a crossbow. That's why you know, even even ladies out there, and my sons even you know, ver- first vertical bow hunt. I told them every day, I'm like, hey, you know, it's different. It's different. And my son, my uh, my youngest son, was able to shoot his ver- first vertical. He plays football, so it was kind of because of COVID changed stuff up a little bit. So he's able to take his first year this year. He's a, a teenager, and he's like, you're right. He goes, I was shaking all over the place. I'm like, see. So I think you know, it's it wasn't a turnoff for him, obviously, but younger kids. I don't want, I, you know, that, that, and not to say I'm taking away from vertical bow, but to your point, they're not able to pull the poundage. We're able to get them out there in the field sooner mm-hmm. and not turn them off. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, that's a big thing for me. Uh, Cause I definitely, there, I, I feel like right now my daughter's in this window where she finds what I do interesting mm-hmm. and I want to capitalize on that before she goes, you know, down the road a little bit and I miss this window. 
You so, got it, man. So <laughs> you uh, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I tell you what, Todd, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to hop on again and uh, talk about uh, Excalibur with us. Um, uh, if people want to find out more about Excalibur, maybe crossbows in general, yeah. uh, where should we send them? Yeah, get to ExcaliburCrossbow.com. Um, and you can check out our entire line. We actually even have uh, Excalibur Forum on there as well. And there's a lot of people that are on the forum that love absolutely educating people. And it's not just in product, but just in, Excal- in, in not just in Excalibur, I should say, but just in crossbows in general. If there's any other questions like that, there are a lot of great people on there. That, that step up and answer those type of questions. And I, you know, we, one thing in forums, we don't tolerate people that are combative there too, but you know, we that, that's what it's about is education. And we have a lot of good videos on ExcaliburCrossbow.com that show use of crossbows and things like that. So get over there, get into those forums. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of other forums out there, not just our Excalibur one, that have a lot of good people in there to answer questions. Get in there and ask questions and, and experience it.